1: Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know,
0: Exploring Missions is all about trying to get those who are followers of Christ involved because they really, the Bible says, you're going to be my witnesses. So you either become a good witness or a bad witness, a mediocre witness or whatever. And the same thing true is about ministry and missions. And we need to realize we're on mission for God. We have, in some sense purposefully, and sometimes not as effective as we should, made those who are missionaries and sent out, we've glorified them to the point where those who are left behind are a lot less noticeable than they should be. But it takes all. We're part of the body of Christ. And, again, this is Burt Harper along with Nathan Harper, our co-host. Nathan, Paul referred to the church as the body of Christ many times. Have you heard, noticed about the body itself? The most important parts are those that are not seen, like our brain, our lungs, our yeah, hearts. The, the behind-the-scenes parts. Yeah. And I say this all the time, just like working here at AFR like the people who run the boards and do the engineers out there keeping it going. They hear our voices, but I'm telling you, they are the ones that, that make it
1: possible. Yes, for sure.
0: And so we want to talk about that today, and I want you to take it away from here, and uh, I want to hear most of what you're saying. You've told me a little bit about it. I'm kind of anxious to hear the rest of it and see some practical
1: ways for, for missions to take place. I guess it would be best just to start with uh, reading a passage. We don't want to make too much commentary on this passage in and of itself, but just kind of use it as a launching place, I guess, for our discussion. But uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, of course, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and and the body there, and he talks about the body, how it should be built up, in it, uh, building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part, and so Yes, there is one body, but there are individual parts, and we are all parts of that, and we're all individuals. And so, some of us have, if you want to say, a shape or a bent toward one one thing or another. And God, God's the one who shaped us that way. He's the one that formed us and is in the process of forming us in in certain ways. And and so, you know, we're to do kind of what He's kind of geared us to do, what He's gifted us to do. That's really. Part of our calling is understanding how he's shaped us and gifted us. And so a few of these gifts are mentioned in Ephesians 4, and we could talk more about this at another time, about how leadership functions in a a local church. But just real quickly wanted to read Ephesians 4, verse 11, and talking about Paul's writing about Jesus. And he says, and he personally... Gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Okay, and it's for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ, until we all reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with the stature measured by Christ's fullness. Okay, but just going back to that verse eleven, and he lists the five. Giftings, five functions of leadership in the church, if you will, but just looking at two of them. The first one mentioned is is apostle. All right, do you know what apostle what what that word means? It means sent one. Yeah. So. I was late
0: when I found that out too. By the way, okay. I said, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I thought so. I thought it. I thought the apostle was the husband and the epistle was the wife when I first heard those. <laughs> I was glad when I found out what uh, it really meant.
1: Okay. I'm joking. Go ahead. Well, there's probably people out there somewhere that that still think that. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, apostles are sent out ones. Another word we use for this or is simply missionary. Okay, and so an apostle is one who who goes out, leaves one place goes to a new place, maybe crosses uh, a border of some kind to a, a people that possibly probably doesn't have as much access to the gospel. And so the apostle or missionary brings them that, that access and, and and goes with the gospel and and maybe having to learn a new uh, language in the process.
0: There are um, some unique giftedness in that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: now, everybody ought to be willing. That's the whole idea, right. God. I had to do that in my life. I had to come to the point of willing. Am I ready to go? I thought Argentina, South America. Here I come. Mm-hmm. And God had something different for me, but He does want people to be
1: willing. Yeah, and being surrendered and and willing, it starts there. But that willingness and surrender continues even on the mission field for these missionaries because it's not like all of a sudden you you have all the gifts and all the Abilities and equipping you need at one time. It, it it goes through a process. But anyway, these guys are are folks that go to uh, another mission field and and serve the Lord there. And and primarily, they're doing a couple things. One, they are looking for a person of peace. Okay, they're searching for a person of peace. We've talked about the person of peace a lot of times on many episodes here. But the person of peace is someone in that indigenous culture who will the gospel will spread through them through their relational network. And so the missionary is out looking for that person of peace, and they do that by primarily sharing the gospel, do a lot of broad sowing of the gospel. They share the gospel and see how people respond. And so they lead, most of the time they lead with the gospel, and then they disciple as a follow-up from that. All right, so then you have another gifting listed here, a pastor. Okay, another word would be shepherd. And a pastor is not necessarily someone by nature who who leaves or who goes, they're nece- They're probably someone who, who stays, right? And I think a pastor de- doesn't necessarily lead with the gospel. They, they might lead with a relationship, and they seed the gospel into those conversations. They're not necessarily looking for a person of peace. They are the person of peace, huh. and God's going to use their relational network and see the gospel spread through that. You see that a lot in Acts with Paul's, Uh, travels, don't you? Yeah. Paul was the one who traveled around, and he would go from one place to another, from one city to another, and making disciples, planting churches. And then once the church was established to a certain healthy point, and there were some leaders possibly in place, he would take off to another, another location. He may or may not have taken someone from there with him as he went. But most of the people, what do you think? Do most of the new believers go with Paul on his journeys or they stay behind in their own city? They stay behind. And so this is the kind of person we're talking about when I refer to the pastoral kind of, not necessarily a, a function, but pastoral in, in like attitude and in, in nature. Right. And so you can almost have like a scale betw- like between the A, the apostle, and the P, the pastoral. So like an AP scale. And we all kind of fall between those two points, on you know different places on that scale, some of us are more geared to go and and do something new and learn new languages and experience new culture and, and take the gospel with us. Some of us are more geared to stay and within our same culture, within our same language, and just you know seed the gospel and see disciples made and churches planted right here among ourselves.
0: I've seen that pastoring for as many years as I did. I've seen those that I, even some were saved while I was there. I baptized them, called to ministry. Some of them are on the mission field, and some of them in pastoral ministry vocationally. But then, bring it down. Well, I hate this separation, but for communication, I'm going to use it laity. Even laity, I see that, Nathan, those that are are more geared, they're looking for a functional ministry out there being sent, and then those that care and disciple those that are within. So we're not talking about just, quote, professional missionaries and, quote, professional pastors. Right. And again, I hate the words I've just used, but I've had to use them for communication.
1: Yeah, so... That's what we're, we're talking about: ordinary, average followers of Jesus. Exactly. You know, the church, the body of Christ, and and which that's who we all are anyway, right? Okay. Uh, the professional and the clergy laity stuff is a man made construction anyway. So yeah, it is, but it's gotten
0: so well accepted, I you know, have to know. try to define it and say we're not talking about that.
1: <laughs> so, what I want to do is today specifically talk most about. What about those who aren't necessarily called out to go and leave and go to a new land and a new people as missionaries necessarily as apostles? What about those that are have a more pastoral bent? Those that stay behind? They're still on mission, right? They are. So, how can we ordinary average people be on mission in ordinary average ways? On a daily basis, right where God has planted us. I've been anxious to hear this list, so let's yeah. dive in. So I want to take, I'm, I'm taking, I'm going to give us 12, okay? Let's go with a good dozen. Just simple ways to demonstrate the gospel, to give you a chance to proclaim the gospel, maybe even ways to make new friends in order to do this, okay? And so I'm taking it, this list from a book that's called uh, A Field Guide for Everyday Mission. It's written by Ben Connolly and Bob Roberts Jr. And just picked this up. And there's actually in the book, there's 101 ways. <laughs> we don't have time to go through 101. I just picked out 12 kind of somewhat randomly out of here. And so the first one one, one way to uh, yeah proclaim and demonstrate the gospel in everyday Missions as you're living life on mission wherever God has planted you. So, one way is you can either take a class or lessons or teach a class or lessons, okay? Something like some sort of adult education, okay? Uh, Maybe a cooking class. What about a fitness type class? Art or just anything you might be passionate about or curious to learn. And Possibly where you're living, there's no class available in that area of interest wherever you live. Well, then you could start one, you know, start a class and you could be the expert in that. Or you might just want to simply be the learner. But that's just a simple way to gather some people together. And it's usually gathered around an interest, a common interest. So you've got that going and something you could talk about as you begin conversations and guess what? Pretty soon you might have some new friends, and you might con- seed the gospel and have some gospel conversations in the class or outside of the class. But one—that's one way to uh, to go about doing that. It's relationships, though, right? It is. All of this is very relational. Which, for someone that's bent that way, automatically a pastorally gifted person that leans more toward like relational evangelism. This is this is going to come natural for someone like that. All right. Here's a, here's a second one. Number two, a way to demonstrate the gospel right where God has planted you. Number two, look at uh, look at your social media accounts. Okay, so many of us, many people have at least one or maybe multiple social media accounts and platforms or networks that you're a part of. So think about how you can utilize those and be able to share the gospel online. Okay, yeah. there's actually training classes and courses that you can take to teach you how to purposefully, intentionally set up a social media account and use it to proclaim the gospel. And think about this, you're not just sharing the gospel with local people around you. You can you can reach the ends of the earth online as as a gospel witness. And many thousands of people on a regular basis are coming into they're first hearing the gospel and they're coming to follow Jesus through online witnessing. Pretty amazing to think. It is. It's amazing. And and again, it's
0: we wouldn't have thought about this even 30 years ago, you know? And now it is one of the most effective tools there is. And so, number one, a class, an adult education class, begin there. Build those relationships where you can uh, share your faith. And then second, social media accounts.
1: You know, about the social media... And having a uh, global kind of impact, global influence, you can, you know, there's certain, I guess, parameters or certain uh, filters you can place on your uh, accounts, and you can like, you can go in and like certain types of, let's say, restaurants that are geared toward uh, certain people groups, and then you start building friends from some of these people groups, and some of them might be from unreached people groups, you know, you. For example, you could say, I'm going to like all of the Middle Eastern restaurants that I can find online. And you could search them. You could just do a search. You could start clicking where you like them. You might not have ever been there before, but you, you like it because, it's hey, it's good Middle Eastern food. And it, let me just say, if you've never had Middle Eastern food, <laughs> you're missing out. It's really, really good. You okay. became an expert at it. Yeah. Even, it just starts with hummus. You start with hummus <laughs> and then... Move on to shawarma and, and things okay, like that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, you get the point I'm trying to make. Right. You can, and all of a sudden you have you might start seeing people pop up and you could befriend them online, and there's people ready to hear the gospel possibly. So yeah, there's ways of of doing that strategically even. All right, number three, a third way to share the gospel. How about volunteering? Okay, you can volunteer. Let's say at a local school near you. Just about every school. Is ready to receive volunteers in some capacity, whether it's like simply like a, you know a substitute teacher or a community coach, or just someone to come in and help with admin work, or even physical projects that might be, need to be done on campus. There's other organizations, some of them Christian organizations, but also even what you would maybe call like a secular organization, but they they might be doing some good things in the in the neighborhood or in the town where you live and joining one of those bringing a gospel influence to that so one you're you're serving and you're doing some good things in the name of Jesus but two you're a- able to meet new 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 people new friends in order to share the gospel I
0: know some churches that have adopted local elementary schools and as a church as a whole they're ministering in those helping, to yes. read, help in doing everything, and so it really puts an influence in there sharing the gospel. Absolutely, for sure. All
1: right, here's a fourth way. All right. So how about, and this could be done as an individual somewhat. The more people you have helping you in this, the better. So it could be done like on a congregation or, or church-wide level, maybe a family or have a, a small group or a few families going together to adopt a people group. You can adopt an unreached people group, and you can learn about them. You might even start making plans to take mission trips to where they are located. But even simple things like child sponsorship programs among those people, taking up offering and sending money to ministries that work among those people groups. And even there's possibly representatives of that people group near you living where you live. And so you might have a chance to meet some of them. So adopting a people group. Here's another one that kind of tags with that, a fifth way. Most fairly large-sized towns and cities, for sure, and maybe just even small communities, have what's called like a sister city. Yes. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. Okay. So what if you adopted a sister city? So not just you're not just want to be a, a light in your own town, in your own location, but you adopt another one in another place, maybe a... Internationally or maybe domestically, but you can adopt a sister city and learn about them. Pray for people there. Connect with a church that may or may not be there. But you could start maybe even looking how you could do some work in that sister city. And you can find out who that sister city is. Most of the time, a lot of times, just a
0: just a, just a simple search, web, search. web search, and you'll find it. It'll tell you. I I always found that amazing, and uh, a few times it hit me. Man, that's a neat one, and I. And I hadn't even heard this, but I'd think, man, I'd pray for them, and yeah. it's a neat way to do it. That's it a good good deal.
1: Okay, number six, a simple way to be on mission right where you are. All right, this, I know you, uh, you're a pastor, so this you might want to hold your ears on this one. But what if, let's say once every quarter or once every three months or so, you skip church on Sunday morning?
0: Uh-huh. Okay.
1: <laughs> but listen to this. What if you... Because, you know, most people, and it doesn't even matter if you're in the Bible Belt or not, most people actually don't go to church. Right. I don't know if that's a revelation to anybody or not, but most people stay at home. They might be working, but not everybody goes to church on Sunday mornings. What if you skip church one Sunday morning with your family, with the small group, and you intentionally went somewhere where people hang out, maybe a park, maybe a coffee shop, maybe a store. You don't want to do it every week, but once in a while, see what the rest of the world does while you're gathering in church for worship and let God spark something in your heart. One to pray for the, the lost and unchurched in your area, but also find out ways to meet up with them and, you know, be able to share the gospel with these people. I know several men that
0: skip church to minister on the greens. So on Sundays, (laughs) uh, I don't know if that's working or not. (laughs) No, I do want to say this, especially I understand Sunday morning is so hard. You want to be there. But those of you that have church on Sunday night and Wednesday night, I, I want to tell you to make it a missional project in place saying, you guys come to us, how about going to them? Yeah. Even Sunday morning, the possibility of a Sunday school class, not every, every group every time, but a Sunday school class and them come a little early, and them in place of gathering around, they pray together, and they go out and minister some people. I I do believe it would be effective. For sure. I mean,
1: there could be – I mean, you could just randomly name some places. What about under a tree in a park? Yeah. What about under a bridge where homeless people might be staying? What about – well, you mentioned the golf course. I don't know about that. Well,
0: you can go to the hospital. I know some have gone to a nursing – even nursing homes, and I know those are easy, quote, easy targets – but that's still good. So, so that's good. Skip
1: church for a purpose, right? Yes, that's right. All right. Number, number seven, go on a prayer walk. Now, this might be common for some people, but it might be new for others. So you, know, you could pick your own neighborhood, pick a strategic neighborhood where you feel there are people of, uh, that are either unchurched or from another culture and, and uh, maybe not exposed to the gospel. And, and just walk around praying and you can pray for a lot of different things, but pray that God will open your eyes to see the needs and see how you can have, make inroads with the gospel into these people's lives. If you need an excuse where you don't look kind of weird walking around, talking to yourself as you might look like when you're praying, you know, take somebody with you, walk your dog as you go, go for a jog and, and prayer jog, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, and as you meet people, God might give you a prompting to go talk to that person over there that's kind of they're mowing their grass, but they're taking a break. Go talk to the person. Strike up a conversation. Ask how you can pray for them and see what God does from there. So go on a prayer walk. All right. um, How about number eight? This one's a big one for some people. For some people, it's it's not that big of a deal. But what if you did it for more than just work? Because people relocate and they move. Sometimes from one house to another neighborhood, or from one city to another state, you know they relocate because of work. What if you relocate for mission? Wow. It's kind of like what a missionary and apostolic person might do, and it's a big commitment. But you know, where, where do you have a passion? Like where? Yeah, is there a city? Maybe you've been praying for a sister city, and God might give you the opportunity to to work in that place, and you move there. Or maybe it's just a different neighborhood. Maybe you downsize and relocate to a maybe a lower income neighborhood where you can uh, be be the light. Think about this. Does darkness come into light or does light go into darkness? Light goes into the darkness. And that's what God's called us to do. We're Amen. to take the light into dark we places. We are. All right. How about number nine? And we gotta hurry, right, to get all these in? You can do it though. Number nine, throw a party. <laughs> Uh, could be a Super Matthew Bowl, did. yeah, Matthew's possible, party. Yeah. That's right. Have all the tax collectors over. Yeah, well, what man. about What about football fans? Throw a Super Bowl party or a March Madness celebration if you like sports. Or it could be just any kind of birthday party, wedding, any sort of life event, and you just want to include as many people as possible. Jesus told the parable about the the you know the the feast and and the the host was inviting as many people as possible. Uh, what about Thanksgiving or Christmas, a holiday? And think about people who don't have anywhere to go and celebrate. They're lonely or they're by themselves or whatever the case might be. Maybe they're from another culture. They've never experienced Thanksgiving or what Christmas is really about. Invite them into your home. Celebrate and throw a party. All right. Ways to meet people, ways to share the gospel with people, right? All right. Number 10. This is similar to throwing a party, but it's a little bit more low-key is just invite people over in your neighborhood for regular hospitality. In other words, if you pick one, let's say just one meal a week, say a dinner time meal where everybody in your family is going to be there and you're going to make it a regimented time, let's say 7 o'clock every Thursday night we meet together as a family and we always fix more food than what we need. So we're going to tell our neighbors, Hey, every Thursday at 7, you guys are welcome to come over Wow! and start taking them leftovers so they see what they're missing. And eventually they might come into your house. And you know what? You might have the beginnings of a church right there. You share the gospel. People follow Jesus. You got a meal. I mean, you know, it'd be a Baptist church, I guess, if you have a meal, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so right there in your own home, practice the, the gift of hospitality. What was that, number 10? Yeah, yeah, number 11. We're looking for two more All right. in two minutes. 11 is uh, borrow something from your neighbor. And take it back. Yeah, you'll, you'll need to take it back, <laughs> but borrow something intentional, whether it's like, hey, a cup of sugar, and like cook something on purpose that needs extra sugar and then run out of sugar. So you go to your neighbor and say, can I borrow a cup of sugar? And then whatever you cook, bring them some, you know, Cookies bring, or, bring cookie, bring up cookie back or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, or lawnmower when your lawnmower goes out, don't go to the store and buy a new one, real quick, borrow one from a neighbor. It gives you just a, an excuse, an opportunity to open a door to meet someone and share the gospel. What was that? 11. Yes, number 12. We have right. drum roll with drum. Number 12. This one is a little bit more difficult, but I think it's doable these days. Learn a second language. Whew. Okay. Now, the older you are, the harder that gets, but <laughs> learn a second language. You might notice people from, that speak a different language moving into your, in, into your location. Why don't you try to learn their language? Yeah, they want to learn English, and maybe you get a chance to teach them some English, but they can teach you their language as well. If you could learn their language, you could teach them English. That would be the whole idea.
0: Nathan, thank you. This is 12 Practical Things for Everyday Missions and uh, how God can use you. Surely there's one in the list. And by the way, this will be podcast. So people can uh, go to AFR, look at the podcast, and there real close to the top is Exploring Missions. You'll find us archived for several programs, and you can listen and find out what we're doing and trying to do. But Nathan, I thank you for sharing this with us, and thank you for demonstrating much of that in your own life and your family that I've seen as, as I've watched you. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. We're praying that God would use you in your neighborhood. Use you at your school, but let God use you. There's nothing more exciting than letting God use you on mission for Him.